All right. Oh, okay. man. We ready? Ready. Yeah, we've been recording for two and a half minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. That's, that's a great cold open for the pod right there. Pebble Talk, a no-facts, all-feelings wrestling podcast. We're three women new to the world of professional wrestling, and what we can't figure out from context, we're making up as we go. We have friends who are better at learning. They are not on this podcast. I'm Allie. I'm Anne. And I'm Leah. Uh, So to start out this week, uh, on the pod last week, we suggested that if AEW was smart, they would have some of the random assortment trios uh, in the the promotion, doing just little backstage sketches so we would understand why they're friends. Uh, for example, I'm just pulling it out of the hat, Ryan, Nemeth, Cesar Bononi, and J.D. Drake. Uh, what did we see this week, guys? Well, after our recording, the three of us went out to our separate backyards, <laughs> stood over a cauldron, and just like really like did some expert witchcraft because... That, that energy out into the universe, those specific three right. guys, which were <laughs> you, almost our only example. You may say, why did you go out to the cauldron for those guys? <laughs> you may say, if you had only one wish to ask Tony Khan for, Tony Khan, devoted listener of this pod, clearly. That was uh, it. That was, that that was, was the one you chose? It seems strange. You know what? And it's actually not strange, and all will be revealed in time. Wow. (laughs) Well, you didn't know that? Okay, well, save that for for after the pod. We'll have a conversation. uh, Over the cauldron. Yes, Ryan, uh, Cesar, and J.D. Drake uh, had a great little talk backstage about fashion, so it was about Mm. our favorite thing, too. That's true. We love to talk about their fashion, and it was very much just a, like, Three men fight about clothes, um, which Perfect. I'd love to see every faction in AEW do. I agree. I think that should be a segment that AEW considers. It's just the fashion check-in. Yeah, like I'd love to see the process of best friends deciding to go neon yellow with their gear and Chris's. Like, what was that discussion like? Pipe me in. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be in the room where it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, uh... <laughs> But I did a few things that I really... I think I'm always saying Cesar Bononi's name wrong. It's Is it Cesar? Oh, God, don't think, ask me. No, I think that's right. No, that I think, I think that's you're right. right. And also, I think that J.D. Drake says scissor like scissor. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like kitchen scissors. I realize I made a scissor um, gesture, which just doesn't work for an audio medium. But... Uh, yeah, and I, but I think it's Cesar. I think it's Cesar. He just says oh. Cesar for some reason. Okay. Well, I liked uh, at one point Cesar just sourly said to Ryan Nemeth, you always get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also appreciated that our suggestion, or at least I believe my suggestion, was kind of that they go low and just complain about people together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead they went high and talked about how they want J.D. Drake to be sexy and ready for action. True. So, <laughs> that, I honestly, nice. I didn't think high would be as entertaining, but um, I did enjoy that. So, and I'm very proud of us that we've called him JD Drake through this whole segment and not JD Vance <laughs> one JD. time. <laughs> well, I have it written down quite a few times here, so that's helping me. Uh, this week, Visual also another thing that I feel I manifested was just me continuing to now love Max Caster. 
and be a super fan of I guess, him. To be fair, you do have a little more control over that than uh, I don't actually. What happens in my brain is none of my business. <laughs> you think I could stop myself? It is distressing because I'm on the same journey, but it is just like the more, if I pay attention to them in general, like I'm going to end up feeling attached to them and it's unfortunate. It does kind of feel sometimes someone comes on the screen and you are just like, hide my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't look at at Matt Hardy. Don't don't let it happen to me. Okay. That, I think we all should be crossing ourselves. Yeah. Spin and spit. Exactly. Uh, but Max Caster was on the acclaimed. The acclaimed were on AEW Dark fighting. Does anyone remember? No, uh, and that's a no. So we'll pipe that in. <laughs> we'll pipe that in. We'll just get a little. Well, no, he was fighting five because that was yes, what he, he did as inappropriate. And right. five is Alan Angels, and I good job. Him now. And yeah. he had, I believe, yeah. he's the one who's had the bottle in his pants on BTE for the past. That's correct. Yes, year. because Hell the yeah. shrimp dick got because of the shrimp dick. Yeah. 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 So Max Caster hit him with a little one of his ditties. His classic <laughs> raps. Classic <laughs> comedy raps. <laughs> <laughs> Max Caster would be uh, um, Michael from The Office's favorite employee. <laughs> God, that's really true. Yeah, and I feel like I'm still not like totally clear on whether the raps are bad on purpose. I think they probably are, right? They're kind of getting better for me. Like, <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe he is one of the best rappers of all time. <laughs> I, I mean, you know? <laughs> I read something on Reddit once that like part of the reason he has to rap so slow is because he his headphones that he's wearing are for like fashion purposes they're not actually like typed in they're so classic he's fashion re- headphones yeah <laughs> sure. and so he's relying on like being able to hear the beat from the speakers and so the beat can't be that fast because otherwise he can't he can't hear it or something like that but then someone said that it was they were going to fix it and the headphones were going to be useful and I, I don't i don't think his raps have particularly gotten better yeah, I feel like that's kind of a tech oh. problem that you'd think they could have solved earlier on. You're really good raps, Leah. <laughs> so me and Ellie kind of have two different critiques of what you just said. Yeah, so. well, historically, when Allie falls for someone, I'm okay. usually a month behind her. Okay. Okay. And okay. I, <laughs> I, spend, I spend that month being like, God, I'm glad that's not me. And then at the end, I'm like, fuck! So. Yeah, come join me. Well, th- anyway, this week on Dark... Uh, Max Caster hit us with the classic rhyme, oh wait, it just dawned, five is the sub and ten is the dom. (laughs) Now it all makes sense, you actually like getting abused by your friends. And I thought that actually was an insight into what's going on (laughs) in the Dark Order. Well, it unfortunately was, and it kind of struck um, Taz and Excalibur a little bit speechless. (laughs) Like, they were just kind of like snickering and like clearly didn't know (laughs) what to say to that. But what they ended up saying was exactly right, and it <laughs> no kink shaming here on AEW Dark. <laughs> you love to hear it. Yes. Great news for everybody. <laughs> it's good because I actually do think there are quite a few weird fetishes wandering around that promotion. So, Well, there are a lot of people wearing ma- like Dom Sub masks. Gimp Sub masks. Yeah. Painting their faces. Dog collar matches, etc. Uh, we also got a little showcase about the acclaimed on Elevation, which I thought was very sweet. It continues to be very effective. 
Yeah. Yeah. Showcases are great. And it was nice to hear Anthony Bowens get to talk about being openly gay as a wrestler and stuff. That was very yeah. interesting. And, and it is true that Max Caster and Anthony Bowens are, are psycho little hype men for each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Then... It's kind of crazy to me that Tony Khan paired them up like they weren't a tag team before because... Mm. They really seem like they've loved each other for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at, at one point in that little segment, uh, Anthony Bones was explaining that he's been wrestling with a torn meniscus for a while. And Max Caster, like that was some something you should hype someone up about, was just like, <laughs> shredded. It's shredded. <laughs> I was like, it's an injury. You can calm down. That's beautiful. That's support. That's friendship. <laughs> at the uh, end of the showcase, uh, when Max Caster threw himself into Paul White's arms oh. and was like, can we hug? I did. I was like, that's cute. That's, that's cute, Max Caster. And he was just beaming to himself and saying, we're he hugging was. as it ends. <laughs> Which was good. He knows what's happening at any given time. So how can you not love him for that? Uh, meanwhile, he was wearing a Tegan and Sarah shirt on um, some of the AEW uh, Instagram stories this week too, which I thought was real interesting. But- interesting in that it feeds the the rich it, it does feed the worms the brain the worms rich worms yeah and it did make me think for a second is max caster also gay and then i googled and went to his wikipedia which had basically nothing in the personal life section and then so i was we just don't like know. oh well no one can know <laughs> we can't know for now for uh now. <laughs> meanwhile in other crazy promos ricky starks i guess uh, well he did end up fighting hangman this week so it actually happened but he did a little promo. Well, I was going to be like, he wants to fight Hangman. And then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> he watched that. Uh, but he did cut a very funny little promo about it that I thought seemed like kind of like a sensual beer commercial. It really was. It like went hard on the cowboy theme, I guess. But it ended up being like a, having a, a different vibe than I expect from a wrestling promo. He was pouring a lot. He was doing a lot of like, you know, pouring himself beer from a tap and he I had to look up this reference because I didn't understand it because I don't know anything so at the end of it he said I'll be your huckleberry did you guys know this reference no I didn't and I'm glad you looked it up because I was just about to be like oh I bet it's the huckleberry I have no idea what it means I thought I wonder what that means and then I just went on with my day (laughs) did you know it Leah I can't tell no I assumed it was some kind of Tom Sawyer joke I was not getting (laughs) So I looked it up. It's from the 1993 movie Tombstone. And the actual thing that it probably meant, so this this explainer, I read quite a long explainer about it, was uh, a slang, southern slang usage of Huckleberry was the right person for the job. So it, and I think it's based on something someone real said because the movie is about Wyatt Earp. So it probably meant like the right person person to fight you basically like you're I'm the guy if you're looking for trouble which is kind of sexy but one of the theories that came up in the article was during medieval times a knight coming to the rescue of a damsel would receive a garland made of huckleberries (laughs) the knight would ride into battle with the garland draped over his lance being a southern gentleman doc would have known this bit of medieval lore that makes no sense glorified knights in chivalry so when he's saying i'll be your huckleberry he could be offering to act as wyatt earp's champion so it's like ambiguous in the movie whether he's saying like i'll fight you or i'll be your champion uh no the 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 
article ended pretty clearly saying it's supposed to be I want to fight you, but I liked this other explanation, <laughs> and I'd like to bring it into the conversation. Interesting. Yeah, well, it sounds kind of, um, yeah, romantic or something. I'll be your huckleberry. I'll be your I'll huckleberry. Be, I'll be the right man for the job. Like, oh, sure. I know they both sound romantic. Yeah. So I love that yeah. for those guys. Yeah, and then he said he, it in a very sensual way, so. He definitely did. I did like that uh, Hangman retweeted that promo and was like, please never say this again. <laughs> <laughs> Hangman is so funny on Twitter. He's like a really great social media user in general. <laughs> he really is. One of our funny boys. Um, and then we did see the match. We watched that match, as I remember <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Thoughts? Um, hey, Hook came out in the baggiest leather pants I've never seen on a human being. I didn't know that leather pants could be baggy, but it's good not for how Hulk. I've ever I heard mean, them talked about. No, <laughs> but you know, good for him, I guess. He had his, he, his guns out, you know, tank yeah. top, white feeder situation. Like that was probably offensive. I'm sorry I said it, but it's out I now. I don't know what we're what we say these days. Just tank. Tank top, tank top. White, tank top. really oh, immediately, shirt. it's like a little spaghetti strap number in my mind, which I don't <laughs> mind. And again, Hook is 22 years old, so... So we can admire his arms all we want. We can. Which uh, is something I have had to teach myself at least six times, because I keep thinking he's 17, and I don't know I don't know what... It's because he always has his hood up on his hoodie. He always <laughs> looks resentful to be there. <laughs> slouching on his phone you're just like this is yeah. someone's like this teen is a teen who got son. forced to come along yeah. Exactly. yeah 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 i i did like that um hook finally got to do some punches on tv which we could have seen before but i don't remember uh so i loved that for him yeah, yeah. very effective i also i also was surprised brian cage came out and he came out alone i thought like he didn't come out with Hobbs or anything, and he came striding out in this dramatic way. And I thought for sure that he was going to defend Hangman and turn face Ooh. on Team Taz. But then he, like, he didn't. It was nothing. But I was like, <laughs> what is all this Team Taz, like, Discord, like, leading up to? towards? Yeah. I know. They and, love a long game on AEW. Like, they really like to let yeah. these things, like, like ride for, like, six months before yeah. you get the payoff. They do, but then I think sometimes they also then you don't get payoff like when you get mm. it it's really good but i think they have dropped some threads in yeah. the past so it's hard to know if you're gonna see it through to the end or not is this gonna end yeah. with trent coming back and it was mom's minivan or is this gonna <laughs> end with nothing with like when hangman was doing his hangman pose oh, like yeah. off the edge of the, the thing and then yeah. people were doing some internet sleuthing about that and it didn't add up to anything I don't did think. we ever find out who assaulted moxley that time wasn't was it not oh we didn't no or fuck or was it oh, come on tony anyway no we found it together we found out. my bad memory or did they drop no the ball? I, I think you're right <laughs> they dropped think, the ball yeah we mm. found out about the pumpkin like i feel like the pump the yeah. who text who took hangman's phone out of the pumpkin was the drop thread for a very long time and they finally re- revealed that but i don't think we ever find out who beat up moxley backstage no mm. I did like that uh, Taz was on commentary for all his boys' fights this week, and they all yeah. lost. I really uh, like an invested commentator who's, <laughs> yeah. like, clearly partisan. That's good. And I, and I, also, I also realized that whenever I'm not actively looking at Taz, I'm just imagining him as Danny DeVito from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> and that was huge for me. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. <laughs> just a, just what... a real angry little unkempt <laughs> goblin. <laughs> At one point, Taz described uh, Ricky Starks as a cerebral wrestler, <laughs> a stinking man's wrestler. And I was like, I don't know what that means at all. <laughs> I don't know what that means, and Ricky Starks, I mean, probably not the last wrestler I apply, I apply that to. But, but not like, the first. Not the first, And in fact, sure. I, I'm hard-pressed to think of one that I would refer yeah. to as a cerebral wrestler. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, okay, we also had a little hunk versus hunk action this week. Uh, Ty Conti and Sheeta did a little match between faces what did someone said uh an, a match between honorable faces which i loved that's that's a good description yeah very accurate yeah and they didn't insist that one of them must now be a heel because they're fighting each other because that's <laughs> not how it works <laughs> no there was a real vibe of like we respect each other there was yeah. they just wanted to shake yeah. hands and bow and, and bow yeah. right they were respectful before the match, and then they beat the absolute shit out of each other, and then they were respectful after the match. And that's all. That's not very nice. Well, I, like I thought we didn't get to see enough respect after the match because I thought that because very disrespectfully, it was <laughs> very disrespectfully, Britt Baker, top heel, uh, came out just to kind of uh, posture a little because she's clearly coming for the belt. Uh, but I did want to see Sheeta kneel down and tenderly cup Ty Conti's face and be like, you were a worthy competitor. Like, that's just a little story I was telling myself in my mind, so. I think well, they would they, have pre- preferred that for sure. Yeah. They did do a love-in today on social media, so there was that at least. But Thank yeah, God. no, I, I would like to have seen it on my TV. Yeah. Uh, but I am, I mean, I did just love the match. I had not realized that Ty Conti got cut from WWE at the beginning of the pandemic. I just missed that oh, as I, I missed so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just because Good for I was, her. I'm glad I was, AEW snapped her up. And, I know yeah. I was reading a bunch of tweet threads. Cause I think she'd been there for a couple of years. I could be wrong about that. I can't wait to get the correction guys. I'm asking for it this time. So <laughs> you let me know. Um, but uh, yeah, just, I was reading a bunch of Twitter threads with people being like, she really didn't develop at all at WWE. And now she is bomb. No. Yeah. So, but I, I think that probably we're anticipating that Brit and Sheeta will get into it for the. Um, yeah, I feel belt. like Brit has to like win the title from her, right? If anyone's yeah. going to. I think Sheeta's almost getting to a year with the belt, which I mean it makes sense because of the pandemic they didn't have a great women's like division because of all the you know people that were overseas. But I think the, the belt's got to move soon so I, yeah. I think it's gonna go to Brit. it is just so fucked up that Sheeta hasn't gotten to like wrestle with big crowds which I think she yeah. really deserves because she is yeah. just so good and such a hunk and it's so fun to watch her <laughs> so yeah. I I hope that when they have that match inevitably pretty inevitably I think that it's a, that it's a really big deal they really go all out for it yeah well the crowds yeah. are getting gradually They're getting larger, bigger so yeah, yeah. I myself am fully vaccinated today, so, you oh, know. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get into a wrestling and crowd. Probably not for a while, just, but. And just a random hunky thing that Sheeta did, when she threw the kendo stick at Brit, she had almost perfect aim, and Brit really yeah. had to crab Brit sideways. Brit had to die. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And it is just really fun to see her, like, Brit looking so cool, and then just having to, like, scuttle like a rat. <laughs> I did love oh, Britt coming out and being like number one and having the graphics team on her side. I know. <laughs> Good stuff. 
so that was Hunk versus Hunk. Next, we have Hunk versus Punk. That's Darby, <laughs> Jungle Boy versus Darby Allen, uh, who were the Dynamite Showstoppers this week. Yes. Uh, I think we started it with um, the, I think it was Elevation. No, it was Dark, wasn't it? That uh, Darby Allen did his little art house promo against mm-hmm. uh, Jungle Boy. And he just stood in a very dark room. <laughs> and all you could see was his fingers making a Khmer gesture. I thought that as... was absolutely <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Well, he was just going, hit the switch. Hit the switch. <laughs> was, please, what does it, it mean? Turn that switch. Turn which that is actually switch. Much weirder. It was bananas. And he really went in on the I'm not here for friendship thing, which is like, I'm not here to be friends. Like, could anyone say that without it being a laugh line at this point? Like, but I it's loved like a it. bachelor contestant. Of course, I loved it. Yeah. It was hilarious. But even Darby, uh, was- I'm like, it was very much like like Darby Allen is just like to me this is America's next top model. So. <laughs> but it's also a style like contest. Darby can say that he's not here to make friends. He's just here here to get fathered. Is like <laughs> yeah, yeah right. I'm, I'm sorry, Leah, to get daddy. <laughs> I was giving him a little bit more dignity. <laughs> and, yeah, he's and, not and, here to make friends with Jungle Boy. His contemporary his <laughs> <laughs> he's, like he's here to have man. a weird relationship with another face paint man from the rafters <laughs> his predecessor <laughs> what did what did miro call uh sting this week when he was doing uh, that promo an emo face paint daddy or something well, nobody call- yeah. yeah yeah emo face paint daddy Miro had some good burns for really uh, a lot of people i think he said someone else's well now of course i can't remember them but it was like your um slime mouth something like that your emo face paint daddy it was some slimy slimy impact mouth yeah slimy impact mouth yeah he was swinging vivid swinging broadly yes vivid imagery out of miro and i loved it yeah i i listen miro should be doing promo i want to see a a promo from miro and i want to see a promo from eddie and mox i know we're going to talk about that later but the two of them i want every week just miro i know yeah roasting everybody well i think we should get some more promos where it's like miro is just like hulking around backstage at dance oh yeah just like looking for people to beat up because that is the vibe is that he's like everywhere he goes he finds some way to do his chin-ups and then he's just looking for someone to menace well, he does such a great, like, Hulk body, like, when he comes into the ring and does his, like, beast mode thing, yeah. and, like, in these promos, too. So, yeah, it'd be very funny, like, on BTE or something. I mean, he probably doesn't want to play it for laughs, but I would love it if he played <laughs> like, it for laughs. I'm like, is he not playing it for laughs right now? Because it's pretty funny. It's, <laughs> it's hard for me to tell what on wrestling is, like, intended for laughs and what is not intended <laughs> for laughs, but I'm, I'm laughing a great at time. all of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then we do uh, Darby Allen and Jungle Boy really at the other end of the spectrum body wise. Uh, yeah, our little, little boys. Tw- I've never situation. But like I've never seen Jungle Boy look beefy so next to yeah. somebody. Because Darby Allen he is a muscle is so boy, tiny and so lithe. I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah. I really feel like more perverted than I almost ever have, which is crazy. <laughs> but it's like he is just. <laughs> I know whatever they claim his height and weight are are like comically like ridiculous. Oh he's just and they're and it's small. It's not like they're saying he's two hundred pounds. No, but it's still but... you're just like he's a hundred little pounds. Yeah, soaking yeah. wet. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And hissing the whole time. Yeah. So Jungle Boy <laughs> did look kind of beefy next to him. I thought it was a fun match. No complaints yeah. for me. 
It was uh, a fun match. I kind of like seeing two little guys wrestle with each other because they had to do different things than just kind of get beat to hell at yeah. first and then come back. So. Jungle Boy can't get that lift that other guys can on, on Darby Allen when true. they're throwing him. Exactly. Yeah. So they had That's to true. do more kind of, not, it's not cartwheel stuff. I, I made a, <laughs> a promise to myself this week. I'm like, I'm going to le- learn one wrestling move name a week but then i i didn't do it for the podcast so no well, maybe that'll come back on the Honestly, segment next cartwheel week. stuff was summed it up for me better than anything else could have so perfect our lexicon they did some real like um like dad on the carpet with his toddler doing airplane rides kind of thing you know where you put your feet on their stomach and like lift them up like they did some moves like that which was funny to me uh, and then also this week on Dynamite, we had a little feud I'm calling, and this one doesn't work as well, punk versus drunk. So <laughs> we got a little um, promo from the Pinnacle. It was a good one. I liked MJF getting a new scarf, you know, summer scarf. It's spring to summer. <laughs> spring, my, spring summer. Big, my big complaint, though, is you, if you're going to have the two people that were going to do the most talking – be MJF and Wardlow. Why would you sit Wardlow in the back row behind <laughs> MJF? Why was Wardlow not sitting next to MJF? Because Wardlow is a devoted bodyguard and he's not going to let <laughs> MJF's back be unattended. <laughs> As the I bodyguards, feel- I believe, always say. That's correct. That's just 100% correct. I really, I thought Wardlow did a good job. Like, I haven't heard him talk that much. And then he, I felt very proud of him afterwards. And I felt like he felt proud of himself, you know? He really yeah. had that look on his face. Like, I said all the words <laughs> and I said them in the order I meant to. <laughs> Unlike possibly the inner circle. <laughs> Unlike possibly the inner circle. So, yeah. So there, I think there's not, not much more to say about the pinnacle. None of them are talking except MJF, which I think is a funny move. And something that Chris Jericho did, I believe, also point out when he later cut a promo with the Inner Circle, but overall, the sensitivity of the Inner Circle's <laughs> promo was, I would say, lower than, than what the Pinnacle was bringing to the table. They said a lot of things where it was like, yeah, if someone's like pretty drunk at a party and they're just talking and like they say some phrases that like you've sure never heard before and you're not sure they make sense in that order, like it was like, you're going to be sucking your meat through a straw. <laughs> Like, yeah, and I was like, that I don't think we can say on TNT. That could be in a Max Caster rap. <laughs> yeah. Should we be bleeping this like on dark? Yeah. Um, they said, yeah, last week we saw your blood and this, but this next time we're going to see the size of your heart. Like, is that a threat? Are you going to visually show his heart on television? <laughs> like, I'm None of real concerned. <laughs> Yeah, it was very like, uh, I mean, sometimes I see stuff on this podcast where I'm like, I don't think that made sense afterwards. Or, you know, you just get in the moment and you're like, why would I have said that? But I think when you're going to be on actual television, I would have thought you'd be a little more. Well, it was funny because I think Chris Jericho can cut a good promo and we have seen them. Uh, You know, he certainly has some skills in that area. It really felt like an off night. Yeah, it felt very kind of like repeated a little, went in circles, it was crazy, like some weird things were said. And um, all made kind of crazier by Dynamite's insistence that now the inner circle are faces. Yeah. <laughs> Completely right. insane given all of their vibes. Like I know right. faces are also aggressive in promos, but like 
present the evidence. Like, come on. They're not faces. I also do think it's funny that, like, in the cards every week, it's like the inner circle talks is (laughs) presented like it's a match. And it's like, it's happened so many weeks. It's like, it's all they do is come out and talk every week. Yeah. And I think, I think that was also part of why. I mean, to be fair, they said some crazy nonsensical shit, but like, I think I also had trouble processing some of the things they said because we had just heard the pinnacle so like two back-to-back therapy sessions i'm like listen this is is too much men talking and then i did think that chris jericho making fun of mdf for being like a little theater boy was funny but it's also like a little pot calling the kettle black again he learned it from watching you i mean he he was that way before chris jericho i know but it is still it's like dad and son Mm -hmm. just two little apples on the apple tree and Chris Jericho's little song was also Absolutely. insane. Absolutely. I mean, I can't remember a single, I thought to, before this recording, I thought I should go back and rewatch that promo to just kind of take some of it in. I was so flabbergasted the first time. And then I thought, no, I can't. I can't rewatch that. Well, I'll this tell time. you, I, I did go back and rewatch it and it all like well, really immediately good. slid right out of my head again because <laughs> none of the words made sense in that order. I mean, I did repeat some of them here, but still. Yeah. I blanked it, the song until just this moment. Like, I, and it got progressively worse as he sang it. I feel like I probably shouldn't even point this out because I don't have anything interesting to say, but it was absolutely crazy to just be, I was kind of half making dinner during this segment, uh, and to just hear Chris Jericho repeatedly saying Trail of Tears, as I thought, <laughs> I think you should say yeah. that. Because yeah. that was, to me, yeah. it maybe a little wandering into problem territory, I would say. And then following it up with, I guess he's been doing this bit where instead of saying pinnacle, he says other P words. So he mostly just called, pineapple. He called them pineapple, but I was just still in like the associative <laughs> realm, and I was like, like in SpongeBob. So I just had the trail of tears and SpongeBob in the pineapple under the sea in my head, and then I turn and I look, and Chris Jericho is on my screen, just being Chris Jericho. I have nothing interesting to say about what he looks like. He just is what he is. So, you know. Yeah, calling them the pineapple is not the most devastating not, burn not I can think comedy. of. No. no, but I I will say last thing I I was I was thrilled that my jerk off friend came back. I don't know who hasn't oh, talked yeah. to him about that, but <laughs> he's like <laughs> now I just have to double down on it. <laughs> I have to pretend there's nothing wrong with this. Uh, speaking of things that people are pretending there's nothing wrong with, uh, the Young Bucks outfits. <laughs> <laughs> they were so crazy you know it was like they they heard us say oh like you ladies thought that uh that, that uh, kenny before. omega's outfits since he's turned heel have been crazy you haven't heard of crazy outfits yeah. <laughs> uh open your eyes see what we've got to present for you and it was matt jackson was looked like he kind of dressed for like a mom vacation kind of yeah, but like in the yeah. 80s in the 80s yeah really short shorts with a matching yeah. shirt which the whole it was kind of a plaid madras it was pattern. kind of like he w- was wandering around target and he found this outfit and he was like i think this will be perfect and it was in the women's pajama section <laughs> for sure yeah I like how they have been like, well, now that we're heels, we're unconstrained by the laws of God and man. We can wear whatever we want. I saw it as like an outfit that you would wear. Like if you were on like a summer, like definitely like in, in the eighties mm-hmm. range, but like on vacation in like a little resort and that's what you'd wear to go p- play like a lawn game. 
you know, absolutely. Like, a little yeah. croquet, a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can. Yeah. I think we all can come up with little like scenarios in which Matt's outfit would be appropriate. I cannot think of a single place that you should wear Nick's outfit. <laughs> no, that no. is for sure true. Matt's was unhinged and Nick's was unhinged. Like I slid right over Nick's because it was just kind of like I can't deal with that. Matt, you look very beautiful still in your crazy outfit. It was hard to look at Nick's directly. I mean, it was just like this wild, like white and gold pattern, and it was like a bot jumpsuit. I don't know. It was matching top and pants anyway, and uh, it was Elvisy in a certain way. Like it was. I mean, I it did go well with his TNT belt, I'll say. <laughs> I, I do love thinking, and this actually is true for all of the wrestlers who change up their outfits a lot, which is not all of them, but I love thinking about just the Jacksons backstage with the wardrobe artist being, like, sketching out their vision for what they <laughs> want to wear. And this oh woman, who I think must be an absolute, like, perfect saint with a great sense of humor, being like, mm-hmm. absolutely, yes, I got I can you. make that I can happen. do it. I see that vision. <laughs> <laughs> I see your vision, yeah. Uh, the Bucks were also on BTE this week, bullying Brandon Cutler, everybody's favorite activity, which I love to see. It was very, um, I did like that they were calling Brandon Cutler out for it. Cause he was like, why are you guys being so mean? And they were like, you told us to, which is absolutely correct. Someone so. had to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they did say he was going to have to be their young boy, which is everyone's favorite little humiliation activity for others on AEW, I guess. But it was funny because Brandon Cutler's vibe was like, everything that you're describing that I must do as your young boy, I already do. I already <laughs> yeah, am like right. picking up your dry cleaning and licking your shoes. Like, <laughs> Right. The big humiliation was that he was going to have to film them with his camera, a thing that he was hired <laughs> oh, to no. do two years ago. His literal job. I did think that was funny, though, on Dynamite, that it was like with their personal cameraman, Brandon Cutler. <laughs> What did he say? He was like, he was like, I'm down one contract because of my orbital, but I've still got my second contract. Uh, yeah. Which, the fact that he broke that orbital bone meant that he had to wear the funniest thing on his face. It was like, <laughs> some kind of like mask. I know. Well, I actually wasn't sure, as always, with wrestling injuries. I'm like, I don't know if this is real or not, but I guess probably it is. I love that he looks disgusting. like he got pretty messed up, so... Uh, and then while the, on Dynamite, the Bucks and the gun, no, not gun club, bullet club, <laughs> but we don't call them that. I don't remember. No I'm comment. Surely we that. can. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. well, the reunited bullet club. The reunited bullet club were cutting a frankly insane promo, uh, <laughs> that got interrupted by an even more insane and much better promo, in my opinion. <laughs> Mox and Eddie never can break up they're no. the perfect they're duo so funny and they did just get a they did just get a t-shirt together so i'm yeah. like surely that means they're married we'll never have to see them apart ever again i mean i think I that's hope. what a t-shirt signifies together. yeah but they were honking their horn in mox's <laughs> truck outside the young bucks trailer distracting kenny from his promo and then they rammed it which was really i wasn't expecting i love the drama I love when they destroy something. <laughs> but if you go, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not a moron, so I understand what happened logistically. <laughs> but if you go by Leafy, <laughs> you know, I use my little thinker, and I know that that was a no time lapse activity. But if you <laughs> go by the rules of the universe, <laughs> they were in the trailer, and then John o- M- 
Moxley opened the trailer and they were gone. So all I could picture was all six of them being stuck yeah. in a closet somewhere <laughs> being like, don't breathe. Please don't hurt us. I think yeah. that um, that parking lot area behind Bailey's place might have some like pockets in space time because that's also <laughs> where Shaq disappeared out of his ambulance, if you'll recall. Oh, yeah. So I think that people might be able to move through the ether back there. Uh, and jump to different places. And that's just I'd, a theory I'm working on that I'll be tracking on Reddit <laughs> going forward. I'd love a little movie about that backstage, just the the wormhole in the Bailey's <laughs> place. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just get trapped in kind of like a labyrinth backstage. Yeah, they, they can't find their way it. out. Kind of a oh, Chronicles of the Hero's Journey situation. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but Mox and Eddie were so funny because they were breaking windows and yelling stuff and then like bickering like they've been married for 75 years like uh, i love mox yelled at eddie kingston not to steal any shoes as he apparently (laughs) always does which i loved for that to be a canon fact about eddie kingston is that he's just cruising for shoes all the time i know like hangman loves lawnmowers and eddie loves to steal people's sneakers we all know that (laughs) some beautiful character work uh yeah i mean i think we all want uh, a Mox Eddie sitcom, and the question is just Very when badly. will Tony? When will Tony give it to us? It's insane that TNT has given a reality show to Cody Rhodes and have not given. Oh my one God, to we Mox haven't seen Cody Rhodes for weeks. No, where has he been? Is Wait, he lost in the parking lot? Did oh he go God. into the wormhole? <laughs> Holy shit! Surely they would have told us if Brandy the baby. Gave her, they would have right? told us. No, Brandy, man, I don't think Brandy did because she was on Twitter today. So not that you okay, can't tweet if you have a baby, but like I think she would post about it if she had the baby. I mean, that I man has know. kept nothing else to to himself, so he surely wouldn't keep that to himself. But they might be waiting for a big TV review though oh my Maybe. god I, I can't but she's like due later than renee, renee. and renee yeah i think she's yeah, due like true. a month after renee so that's true is renee still pregnant i don't well, know well renee last I... I checked <laughs> and of anyway. course i know i'm the family doctor <laughs> yeah so she's check. still pregnant <laughs> i don't know why i'm pretending to know anything i would give anything for Someone to just take a camera and hand Eddie and Mox a shopping list from Costco. And be like, you have to get everything on this list. That'd be killer. And then that's it. That's the entire plot of the reality show. That's all you'd need, yeah. The best idea I've heard from anybody this week. (laughs) It'd be the the easiest, like, lowest budget reality show. Because you wouldn't have to, like, manufacture any drama or have writers or anything. You could just send them to various stores with various shopping lists. I was about to say, it's like Costco, I think, would be a very entertaining one. But the real joy would be to see them try different stores. And it's like, they would... They would really enjoy the freedom of Costco. There's a lot of room. They both are yeah. big. They have big True. arm big gestures guess. and stuff. But if you just sent them to, into a little boutique and told them they had to pick up a few things, those men would be at a, at a loss. <laughs> that would be extremely entertaining. Really, any household task in general. Oh like, I'd love to see God. them put together some IKEA furniture together. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. You know. yeah. We're just yeah. trying. We're trying to watch them mow the lawn, Tony. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> Get it, get it on our TVs. Uh, speaking of people bullying Brandon Cutler uh, on um, BTE this week, we finally saw the return of Best Friends. Finally, uh, and oh they celebrated their own return by doing their favorite thing and teaching Chris to do their favorite thing, which is to try and kill Brandon Cutler. It was beautiful. <laughs> I love that thread getting picked right up and yeah. 
love to see Brandon bullied from all sides. And I had really missed him on BTE. And it turns out that um, the reason that they have been withheld from us all this time is not, in fact, Tony Khan, but it is Trent Gregg's own preference to make it a bigger deal when he came back, which I I have every time I've seen him now. I'm like, I missed him so much. So I guess it worked. But um, it was I, in comparison, the how Trent is de- dealt with his injury versus how John Silver dealt with it. <laughs> so funny. Because yeah. Trent's like, I'm going to disappear, and then I'm going to come back, and it's going to be huge. And John Silver's like, if there's a camera, I will be there, regardless of my own condition. I, I will say, it, it. perhaps it is rude to say, it shocked me. The idea of Greg thinking through, this is what... I, this is how I want people to perceive me and how I want them to perceive my return. I was like, Greg, you think about that? That's amazing. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's really interesting. I, I think he's like a little bit of a little control freak, actually. I feel like yeah. we've seen some stuff where he and Chuck talk about how he like wants to dictate how their matches go and stuff. So very oh, yeah. would love to see that happen also. Yeah. yeah. There was another reality show. Yeah. There was that article, I think it was like months ago now, but where I don't, I don't remember any of the specifics, but just that someone asked Trent like why he and uh, Chuck were fighting at one point. And he was like, Oh, it was because I was being a total dick and dictating all of the moves. <laughs> and it was like, I remember being shocked by that at the moment and being like, Oh really? <laughs> you, uh, you, you did, you thought about it with that little brain you have. <laughs> but it is a very, I mean, a funny, perfect little brain. I mean, that man is, is God's perfect space cadet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I love them on BTE doing mailbag too. It was just like very entertaining. They're very fun to watch. The mailbag was great. Yeah, and I also... watched it like three times. I was so happy. <laughs> I know it's fun to have Chris there too. Uh, we also saw them wrestle a couple times this week. We watched them do that as well. Uh, Orange Cassidy had a match where bone dry we... again. Bone, Which, bone hit, dry. Okay. Can we please talk about the fact that his hair was dry but not fluffy? I'm telling you, when he wants to, he's capable of good hair. <laughs> well, maybe he's listening too, and he was yeah, like, he's... "I love that they, I love that they recognize that I have fine hair." And you know what? <laughs> Actually, that was helpful for me. I'm going. I'm looking for new products. Maybe I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe yeah. that's something that we influenced as yeah. well. We've seen a yeah. lot of things come out of this podcast that get oh, immediately yeah. improved. So yeah, it's, it's all us, baby. You're welcome, AEW. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but he was fighting newcomer, I believe. He's had one match, maybe, I think, based on what I saw on my screen. His little match record. Smart. Uh, <laughs> Prince Prince Kai, I think, did a pretty funny bit where he made Justin Roberts, like, come out and read his special little ring he announcement. He handed him a note. And Justin Roberts, Roberts sold it really well. Because he, really he read did. it, like, real enthusiastically, yeah. like, why am I having to do this? And but Prince also, Kai like, the great little bewilderment at the end of just, yeah. like, okay. <laughs> That was a fun squash match. I think we yeah. also saw a best friends match that was a good match I have nothing to say about. Uh, and then later in the week, Greg with OC ringside sans Chuck uh, fought Penta. Yeah, we don't know where Chuck was. I guess maybe. And it's well, going to continue because. Maybe he got I, lost in the parking lot like everyone I know. else. He's you know? back. He's with Shaq He's, in now. That He's with Shaq now. <laughs> Shaq and, and the gun cl- or the bullet club. <laughs> now I'm gonna start doing that. Great. <laughs> but that's gonna continue because uh, OC is gonna fight Penta next week with uh, Greg with Trent seconding, and yeah. I'm like, excuse me, what happened to Chuck? It seemed it's- like they maybe thought because like because Penta only had Alex uh, with Hentes. him. Yeah, thank Upper you. <laughs> with him, like then Trent could only have one person with him, but like have Penta bring someone else out. Like, there's no need to 
leave our yeah, friends bring Paco out at home. Well, I think yeah. it's very funny to think about. I do love thinking about how like OC's shtick is that he's lazy, but then sometimes Dustin is just actually lazy and clearly <laughs> is like, I'm getting paid either way, so I don't give a shit if I'm out there. Uh, so I, I just love him being like, well, uh, no, I'll stay backstage, no problem. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I thought that uh, Alex Aguilentes bit was really funny where he was being Kenta's smack talk translator. It was good uh, stuff. I thought that worked well. And uh, as we saw in slow-mo on Twitter today, <laughs> it looks like Greg and Penta got a little kiss in. And yeah, it looked like uh, their mouths got real close and they just reflexively kissed each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, touching reflexively close. Reflexively <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> I well, I, like, legitimately look like, because it was, you could just, you could see Trent's face more than Penta's face, and it looked like Penta just got so close, he, like, hit his face, and then Gre- Trent just kissed him. That's a what real like. new angle for, like, the, the gay chicken vibe of kissing pose, where it's, like, such a fine line because you have to get close enough that you're in kissing pose, but if you get a little too close, reflexively, you will just kiss. <laughs> You'll just kiss. So what else are you supposed to do balance. when your faces are that close? <laughs> uh, and finally... Another- Oh, Another no. quick thing about that, by the way, Penta doesn't have hair to get wet, but for some reason he got his arms so wet. Did you guys <laughs> notice that he was like, he walked in and he was just like covered in a sheen. And I was just like, these men, they love to be wet. They, they love, love to, be, to wet. be wet. It really does feel like in the 80s, they didn't know about hair care products. So they were like, wet hair, the only thing to do. And now it's just like a thing everyone does in wrestling. Like, well, now I'm trying to think about it. I'm like, where does the water come from? Like, are they, like, are they, do they, are have they it? under the sink? Like, backstage (laughs) or are they like taking like bottled water like water bottles and just like dumping it or did tony rig up a little outdoor shower for them (laughs) they have like a chemical like eye wash station kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah oh like the um like the safety shower in the Mm -hmm. chem lab lab yep yeah wow love it so many uh, options really we just love and if tony could just anyone from AEW could reach out and know. let us know at yeah. tunnel talk pod and twitter or, <laughs> i would email. love they should be giving us some tours of uh daily's place but you know who is yeah, almost giving us tours of daily's place uh it's the gun boys and i have officially yeah. as we know because i've accidentally said their name quite a few times tonight i've joined the gun club i'm oh, here yeah. like leah i'm i'm all in on the, the gun most boys. enthusiastic love boys the in the world yeah. Uh, Sarah Shockey of uh, Marty and Sarah always calls them the silly sons. And that's the <laughs> only thing I can think of. The Billy Gunn and his silly sons. <laughs> well, and they really do. I don't remember if I've said this on the pod before. I probably have. But they remind me of if you've ever watched The Tenth Kingdom, there are just some like troll, the like, troll dad and his troll sons who are causing trouble <laughs> for much of it. And that is how I think of the guns. <laughs> Where I'm just like, those are some silly little trolls who are just wandering around Daly's place making trouble, making and jokes. They all look identical. <laughs> I know. Can't tell them apart. Absolutely not. No. Um, this week, the Aust- it was Austin Gunn had a match on Elevation. I'm mm-hmm. looking at Leah like I'm just like and I'm not- and I'm nodding and so encouragingly because I'm like yes <laughs> that was my son Katie. Austin You're doing amazing yes Austin's the hip hop artist Colton has the headband <laughs> that's how you that's how you tell them apart my beautiful sons I know you I, you'll get there I know yeah. it <laughs> I'm working on it but <laughs> Austin Austin had a match on Elevation afterwards uh, he cut a little promo where he was so overcome that he, it, by just the talking about family and how QT Marshall had ruined his family yeah. uh, that what happened, Leah? 
He cried. He cried. The man <laughs> cried. He cried. <laughs> I loved it. He got so emotional. He was weeping. And it was the kind of crying that toddlers do when they're like, they've missed their met nap and they're really overwhelmed. And they're just like, they just melt down about something that doesn't matter in any way. And I like, I understand that this mattered, but that it was that vibe where he was like, and the cars And you're like, what? What? What's wrong with you? Yeah, he was like, you've ruined my family. You've ru- you ruined everything. Everything's broken, and I'm just crying. And then Billy comes out of nowhere, and he, like, grabs him by the shoulder, and is like, you got to go lay down, buddy. He, you said, he, lay down. he said, which I love, he crushed Austin to his chest and said, it's all good, babe. <laughs> and then said, I'll finish this. <laughs> Away. Should we make it clear this is his adult son? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. This is not in the sting way. It's not in the sting Darby way. This, this no, no, man no. is this biologically his son. An actual his father. Literal, yeah. His literal son. son. Yeah. Uh, How old is his son? I was like at least 30, but actually he's not. 26. Okay. Sorry, buddy. I noticed something about At 26, you can still cry. What does that mean? When do you stop being allowed to cry? 30. I didn't get that memo. I'm afraid. <laughs> um, I noticed this week that Billy Gunn's hair, I think it looks like when the silk is coming out the top of a corn cob. <laughs> but then just kind of like wetted down a little on his head. Oh, That's right. That's correct. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Anyway, then he got at punched by QT Marshall, whom I continue not to understand. I actually don't get any of his motivations. and I don't. I feel why he's so mad. <laughs> very caught flat-footed by their whole feud. It feels like like it started, and it's like I'm supposed to have already been invested in this, but it's like this is the first I've heard of any of you, and now it's going on, and it's like I guess yeah. it's emotional, but it's hard. Yeah, it's hard for me to understand. I yeah, I understand it because unfortunately I watch everything that the Gun Clubs <laughs> does, but <laughs> I I don't. I think you fundamentally have to care about Cody, like mm. Cody and QT, and I don't. So I keep being excited that the gun club is on TV, but then being like, I don't care about the QT part. Well, of and Cody has been MIA for I weeks, as we say, talked about. So that's, that's probably hurting. W- one reason it's kind of weird that Cody is gone is like someone on this show is really mad at you right now. I yeah. think, but yeah. we haven't actually talked about that part of it in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, it's like they're trying. They're they're making other people stand in for QT's rage like QT can't punch out Cody so he's gonna punch out the gun club or whoever else from the the nightmare family like Dustin Rhodes whoever he can find but it is like well where is Cody he's destroying this family (laughs) (laughs) I just like googled Cody because I was like did something happen that like I just haven't been in the loop about and like (laughs) for some reason Google just like is like other things you might be interested in at the top, and then it just showed me a bunch of pictures of wrestlers looking better than they do now. So it's like Cody Rhodes with like normal dark hair, which looks way better. Chris Jericho is a young man, where it's like, oh, he's actually kind of handsome. Um, Jericho so, fucker. As, yeah. as are we all. As are we all. You found well, your in. Finally, you found your in, Anne. It's all about young Jericho for me in this one Google picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all for the it takes. Worms this is an, inter- an interesting. This is an interesting thought because those clickbait articles aren't meant to be like good journalism, but I always get mad at them because I'm like, yes, of course he looked better when he was younger. We all look better when we're younger. <laughs> well, 
some people age like fine wines. Uh, That's true. There are the odd I mean, people who Christian look better is, as they Christian older. is always looking looking good. I forgot that we saw Christian uh, have a match this week. He wrestled. Yeah, Will no, Hobbs is wrestled. like so intimidating. I mean, that's a big, beefy boy. He's Would you a... say he's a powerhouse? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might. <laughs> uh, anyway, then we watched QT Marshall fight Billy Gunn this week. I don't remember anything about it. Uh, no, I don't really either. Oh, that's zero from everyone, so. <laughs> uh, Slid right out of my brain. Does anybody yeah. have any, any final thoughts on what they loved this week? Abaddon on, I don't even remember, was that Elevation? Elevation, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it had to be because Paul White cracked me up because (laughs) he had genuine fear in his voice where he was like, she scares the crap out of me. (laughs) (laughs) He he said it a lot too. He like sounded like he was very genuinely disturbed to his core, which was. He did sound like it was like someone whose wife was forcing them to watch a horror movie and he kept trying to get up and make popcorn. And she kept being like, no, this is a really good part. And he was like, (laughs) I hate every part of the movie, actually. I just kept being like, that's what Abaddon wants. Uh, this reaction, yeah, this is working. Yeah. So good. It does <laughs> give the impression of like men just kind of being afraid of women in general, too, <laughs> which is enjoyable. Uh, I noticed this week that Abaddon dyes her tongue, which I hadn't realized before, and I was like, "Wow, it is cherry red in there." She's very committed. It's uh, yeah. I mean, wrestlers really dye their tongues more than uh, most people. Like Luchasaurus's green tongue is another standout fun good time costume yeah I, yeah i guess they must have that as some some die back in the prop department uh I, another thing i'd love to see on a tour uh and then <laughs> i will say maybe maybe final thing uh i have really been loving it's it's spring now she said i'm looking outside i'm it's cold out there but it's spring the days are longer, and now we get to see them wrestling in that beautiful evening golden hour glow. It's constantly <laughs> sunset while they're it there. Is romantic. It's beautiful. Like some of the shots really get some nice sunsets in the background, and it's really funny too because like over the winter, like at Daly's place, like I know it's outside, but it didn't really feel outside because it's like dark, like up top, like you can't like you don't get a sense of the sky being there so much, and they're just like under the lights. But now it's like, oh yeah, that's like. That's a real beach at sunset vibe they're rocking here. I love it. It makes me want to go on vacation. Hell yeah. Okay, guys. I've been Allie. I've been Anne. And I've been Leah. And this is Tunnel Talk. Our show is produced by Marjorie Voinovich, and our theme is by Chris Corkin. You can find us on Twitter at TunnelTalkPod and via email at TunnelTalkPod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And do not interact if you want to. We forgot to change that back. (laughs) Hey, hey guys. New bio. New bio. New bio.